Hello, young and old, and welcome to episode nine of the Loud and Uninformed podcast. I am your host, Sean Foley. Uh, I am joined by Jeep Grant, Jeeber, Georgie. Do you have any other nicknames, Jeep? I'm sure I do, but we don't need to get into those. People say them behind your back. They're not very kind. Of yeah, yeah. People call me. <laughs> I've also got, as always, Skylar Mall Brown coming in from Arlington, Virginia. I have no nickname. And today, a probably soon to be a fan favorite of the Loud and Underform fan base. A future fan um, after favorite. One of the fans, I guarantee you, people will be begging for him to come back on. Evan Aldifer, welcome to the podcast. Very happy to have you. I am honored yeah. to be here, fellas. Thank you for having me. We invited Evan because he is a member of the Frontline Fanatics podcast, which is a Richmond basketball, as it sounds, Frontline Fanatics. They report on everything that goes on with Richmond basketball. Last year was an awesome year for the team and for you guys. I remember running into you at the A-10 tournament. You guys were right there reporting as the Spiders were on that Cinderella run up and through the NCAA tournament, knocking off the Iowa Hawkeyes in the first round who were a Final Four favorite. Um so great year for Richmond basketball. And I uh, just want to start off, anybody see that Richmond beat Duquesne when they were down 22 and hit like basically a last minute shot the other night? It's a pretty impressive win. Richmond basketball for me always feels like super high expectations. And then we lose to a D2 school within the first three games and I'm just out of it until the A-10 tournament. So I don't know how you guys do it, Ev. Yeah, I got I got pretty lucky for the most recent game because I missed the first half when Duquesne, I think, went nine for 12 from three and made nine of those in a row um, and watched the second half where we came back and probably at one. And it was really exciting and it was a sold out crowd. So I was very happy about the way I managed to, you know, to, to have that work out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a little bit of a grind, Skylar. You know, there's uh, you know, you have to. If you're really into it, you have to pay 20 bucks if you want to watch a game on the, uh, what is it, the stadium or yeah. <laughs> Flow Hoops. Flow Hoops, that's what it is, which is a running meme among us in the uh, college basketball community. Um, you have to listen to games on the radio sometimes because the ESPN Plus stream goes down. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I when I was in college, I would skip classes to go to games that would be like, uh, at noon against Bethune Cookman. So I figured why not, you know, why not keep going now that uh, I have even less to do and I'm less important than I've ever been. <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time, Aldi, in, in school, um, this is probably the first year I met you. You said, Hey, we got to go check out this guy today that's playing for Delaware. It was non conference game for Richmond. And we go with Ryan Daly, who just became the nicest college basketball player ever, transferred to St. Joe's, but. He just looks like one of us, like a tubby white guy, and he's out there mixing it up and dropping like 25 a game. <laughs> if, if you had to guess, where do you think Ryan Daly is right now? <laughs> do you like, know? You know what he was in the G League. Um, I think he actually made it on, if I'm not mistaken, he made it on the Capital City Go-Go roster, which for Skylar Sean and I is the local D.C or the Wizards affiliate for the G League. And that team had TJ Klein and Blake Francis on it. And ah, Jordan Goodwin, who played for St. Louis, who was really good. But I think he got cut, and then he posted this big message, because Aggie and I follow him both um, <laughs> on stuff. And he was like, I've done professional basketball. I've been coaching. And now he's an assistant coach at Albany, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, he's a really cool guy. So we, when we played against him, uh, when he played at Delaware – 
Um, Aggie and I were sitting front row and we were talking to him a little bit and he would like, there are a couple players where they'll like, if you yell their name, they'll look at you, they'll point at you. And we're never like, we're not chirping them because usually they're going up. We're like, yo, you're nice. Like transfer to Richmond. Brighton back tweeted at him after he dropped like 25 on us. And he was like, transfer to Richmond, you animal. And then he wrote back, I'm a blue hen. <laughs> and so we tried, we tried our best transfer. to recruit him. Yeah, and then he subsequently transferred to St. Joe's, right? <laughs> yeah, because he just wanted to keep giving it to the Spiders as much as he could. Did I see that yeah. Grant Golden posted a G League triple double the other day? Yeah, like two days after Jacob Gilliard did. It's actually really cool. They're both playing like relatively well, I think, compared to expectations. Um, and while I still don't think either of them has a realistic chance to play in an NBA game, um, it's a good look for us. And you know, one thing I'm actually pretty like passionate about is trying to build on this you know this small and infrequent wins that the program has and <laughs> the last year is the highest of those and so i hope that their continued success allows us to recruit better you know uh point to them as successful you know what you can be if you're a richmond player and all that so i haven't watched one of their games if i ever am like extremely bored i'll, I'll see if i can find the the g league network but uh, <laughs> they're yeah they're both doing really well I feel like we would be remiss if we did not ask you about the coaching. Yeah. Well, what's your question about the coaching? <laughs> I just, a general vibe check because I know historically, and for those who aren't Richmond basketball buffs, um, I think that probably the fact that a billboard was put up for Fire Mooney at one point during his, what is it now, 11 year reign? Longer than, uh, way longer than that. I think it's, how I think long it's like, that? I think it's like 18. 18 because oh, yeah. he got the 10 year deal and that just came up. Yeah. Um, but you know, like you mentioned, Richmond has actually had some big wins in this last year. Um, curious if you see that as something that's sustainable with the current coaching staff or if a change is needed at some point. Yeah. So I'm just looking, it was 2005. So I think what would that put us between 17 or 18 17, years? Yeah. yeah. So it's way longer than you think. Um, and look, you know, obviously we go back and forth on this and, uh, there have been times, significant periods of time where I felt that a coaching change was needed. Um, and this is something that my buddy Andrew and I talk about on our podcast a lot is um, how you view like fandom and what is acceptable, right? Because there's people that think once you ever bring up that a coach should be fired or a change should be made, you can never enjoy if that program somehow ends up achieving success, which I totally don't believe in. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, so I have had times where I thought that a change would need to be made as honestly as recent as January 2022 yeah. uh, before before that big run happened. Um, currently, with what happened, you know, with last year and all the success, I think he's bought himself. I think he got another four year extension or something. And yeah. I think he's you know, he's he's bought himself that time and deserves it. Um, and he you know, it, it's a very hard job what he's had to do rebuilding and losing all those great senior players and he's done a decent enough job I think that you know I don't think any of us can be upset about where Richmond is I think you know I, I like you Aldi I think I'm not an unwavering Mooney supporter but I'm certainly at the spot now that I think he is the coach for the program for as long as he kind of wants to be because he's brought in the right kind of kids the hardest part in college basketball is bringing in kids that want to stay Richmond basketball doesn't lose its talent like you might have some guys that don't get on the court that transfer out, but it's not the premier talent jumping up to the higher levels. Like Tyler Burton should have transferred to an SEC school <laughs> this year to boost his pro, but he stayed. And, you know, like maybe, maybe you're saying, no, oh, but he's the man here now. But 
I don't know. And then also he did a good job himself boosting the transfers. So can you speak to any of the transfers that we got? I know we got a seven footer from Lafayette and or Colgate. Did he come from Colgate? He was he was from Lafayette. Yeah. So there were three transfers we got um, plus a red shirt freshman. So it's like four new faces in the main rotation. But yeah. So the three transfers were a seven foot center from Lafayette named Neil Quinn, like a six four like lights out shooter named Jason Roche from the Citadel. And then like a six, seven wing forward, Isaiah Bigelow from Wofford. Um, and I have, you know, thoughts on all of them. I won't, I won't dive into, into all of them, but um, you know, Roach is obviously a hot topic because he just made that game winning three against Duquesne. And he is, in my opinion, hilarious to watch because he represents what you would get if you program the robot to like only be able to elite, like be elite at shooting threes. Like he runs up and down the court, extremely robotically. His shot is the fastest shot you've ever seen, but it's money. And like, it is so fun to watch when he's going, because I think he's a better shooter than anyone we've ever had as long as the four of us have been watching. Um, And then, you know, Bigelow, I think is he's, He's an interesting player because unlike he like kind of plays KO spot from last year, but he can shoot a little bit better, although he hasn't been knocking them down. But he really rebounds hard, and that's good. And then Quinn, I think, is the most interesting topic because in he's like Quinn is the type of player that I think would be an above average player in a low major, but so far in a mid-major conference, he seemed average to slightly below average. Um, he just has games where he you know, doesn't look to shoot off uh, down in the post. He doesn't, he like tries to make a post move and loses the ball half the time. And I think he's got plenty of room to improve. Um, But again, I think the fact that we were able to get three guys who were, I think all probably like Quinn was looking at Rutgers, Roach was looking at um, another power five school. And, And so the fact that we could beat out some of those, those schools, I think is a good sign of where, where we are. I cannot agree with you anymore about Jason Roach being put on this planet to shoot threes. He, he and, and like you said, his release is so quick. I don't know what he's shooting at, but I imagine it's a, a pretty good percentage. Um, and it's just fun to watch him. I, I love a good three point shooter. All he says forty six percent, something like that. Forty. Oh yeah. Oh, no, so no, kidding. What's no? It's forty six. So what's weird is I didn't know this, but if you go to the NCAA um, like stats page on NCAA.com, apparently you have to average like a certain amount of three point makes per game. Sure, to be considered. To, to be considered, even though in my opinion, like three point makes per game does not reflect like quantifying for a shooter. I think it should be. Like if you shoot one for two on threes or one for, you know, whatever, I just think it should be maybe total shots you take from three or something. Yeah. So like, even though I think he's at 46%, I don't think he shows up in the stats, but maybe I'll double check that to see. But regardless, Gene, yes, it's like remarkable how he is designed to do exactly that. So a little bit of talk about transfers. Richmond got some. What what do you think the landscape? I know I follow more closely college football transfers and NIL, how that's changed in the sport. College basketball, I feel like transferring has been a thing for longer. Like, do you think that with NIL coming in and transferring being there for longer, that's better prepared, or do you think it's still just mayhem and programs? Are I think it's yeah, I think it's much I think it's in a better spot in basketball than football, personally, because like you said, there were there's way more teams and there's a, I'm sure there's like a lot of transferring going on to basketball for years now among the low major and mid major level. You also have so much 
like D2 to D1, JUCO to D1. Um, and you, another thing for basketball that you don't, you know, you don't think about is that football, you basically, college football, you basically have like no international players besides Australian punters, I feel like playing. And for college basketball, in college basketball, you have people from, I mean, Canada, Europe, Africa. And so I think because of the fact that there's so many teams and so many, you know, players, it's not going to affect it as much. I still am worried about like what I think most people are worried about football, where the 10 best teams form like a super conference and just do their own thing. Um, but I think basketball, you know, and, and also the tournament itself is such a spectacle um, that, you know, I think regardless, there's going to be enough like spread of wealth and opportunity for lots of different teams to be successful. Um, you know, it's just like think about a football. You let every conference winner in football make the playoff like it would, you know, it, it would I just feel like we would we would we wouldn't be here sitting today being like, Oh, Georgia won again and SEC rules, you know, rules the land and all that. Basketball to me feels like there's a little bit more parity in terms of what you could expect. Yeah, there's not really an option for everyone to be talking about Florida Gulf Coast in in NCAA football. Yeah, it's I think there's also more variance in basketball. So like in the tournament, we see 16 and 15 seeds knock out one and two seeds. And I don't think that would necessarily happen in football just by the nature of the sport. So, Aldi, one, one more thing here, then maybe we'll do the trivia game. Unless Jeep and Skyler, feel free to ask more questions. Uh, but what's the A10 outlook? Everybody looks terrible. Like there's no in years past, there's been like, like one or two teams that looked dominant. And then you have everybody else kind of clawing for the third and fourth spot and maybe a good seed in the tournament. Irvin, who who is the dominant player? So what what do you think the A10 outlook is this year? Yeah, it's, it's really funny because leading into this season, the A-10 probably got more preseason hype than it almost ever has, um, at least, you know, in, in the last five, six years. Um, you know, so much so that they, you know, got a dedicated weekly podcast from Jeff Goodman's network about the A-10 and, you know, just <laughs> which, you know, which is hilarious now looking at it. Um, and people thought... Uh, St. Louis and Dayton were definite at large contenders and a third team from, from the A-10 could easily get in even a fourth. And um, if anyone doesn't know, essentially every A-10 team outside of the bottom feeders who had a really easy schedule in non-conference, extremely disappointed in non-conference. And, um, you know, what that's led to is essentially every, you know, uh, prognosticator of the tournament has – written off the A-10 for getting any more than one bid. I still think Dayton, who's 3-0 and right now, if they somehow get to like a 16-2 and record in the league, there's a chance. Um, but from what I've watched in the A-10, anybody can beat anybody on any, any given night. And so if, you're, if your outlook on college basketball is you want to see as much you know, madness and craziness as possible, then I think it'll be a really fun conference to watch because there's a lot of fun, good players that could probably play at the next level. But if you're someone who wants the A-10 to get as many teams as possible into the tournament, that's that's not – this is not the year for you. You know, it, it kind of positions the Spiders well as Spiders fans. You know, win the tournament and you're in. You know, kind of like last year. Definitely. Um, Wait, so I have, a, I have a quick one for you, Aldi, before trip. we go on. Yeah, you got any more questions for Aldi? I got one more. Um, so I – I'm usually a pretty big college basketball fan, and I don't know if this is just me alone or if other people are experiencing this, but it feels like a pretty boring college basketball landscape this year. 
And I would argue probably one that we haven't really seen since high schoolers were banned from going straight to the NBA. Um, and I was doing some thinking at it about it um, because it really looks like it's because there's none of these super exciting prospects coming in and kind of the realization that every star in the NBA these days that's young comes from overseas. Um, and then a lot of those other guys are right to the G League. So is this something that that you think might continue? I guess, do you even feel that way? Um, and if you do, do you feel like that's something that's going to continue? Or do we think that NIL money is going to make NCAA basketball interesting again? Yeah, um, I, I do feel that way in the sense that a, you know, a, a sports fan uh, probably isn't viewing college basketball right now as, like you said, like a, a, a hallmark season, a lot going on. Like if you think of, um, you know, when Zion was a Duke or when Andrew Wiggins was a kid. And last year with Chet Holmgren. And- yeah, right. Um, I think regardless, college basketball junkies are going to be college basketball junkies and we're going to enjoy it no matter what. But you 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 gave the answer to why. The reason is uh, the number one projected pick is Wendanyama, who plays you know for a French team. The number two projected pick is Scoot Henderson, who plays in the G League Ignite. The other uh, the two Thompson twins, it's like Azar and Amen or something are their names. <laughs> um, they both play in the G League, and then the a couple of the players who are you know going into the season were the projected best freshmen, right? The Wiggins and the and the whatevers of this class are either hurt or were hurt and not and are not playing well. So like yeah. for Duke, right? They're two highest rated freshmen. Number one player in the in the country, Derek Lively, has basically yeah. been a non-factor. Yeah. Um, you know, for uh Arkansas, Nick Smith, who is like a is a lottery projection still, um, he's been hurt, right? So you don't have those big names and you have to you make an effort to watch a game without a big name drawing you in. And um, I'm hoping, because again, I'm, I college basketball is my number one, like above anything else. And I'm hoping that this is an aberration and the next year and future years um, are able to be, you know, bring back some of that hype. And hopefully, you know, once game day starts to switch, you know, to being on, you know, at the college campuses on the courts, I love watching that. Right. I'm hoping that'll that'll do it a little bit. But as you said, the emergence of international prospects and the alternative methods to the NBA besides college, I think, um, you know, whoever whoever these days is running college basketball definitely has to consider that um, in terms of, you know, just trying to market it as a sport. Is NIL money a solution? Somewhat. um, But, you know, you I think you always have to overcome no matter what, that none of these kids that are you know, projected to go top 15. One, none of them these days are growing up one, like idolizing to play college basketball, right? They're sure. not like, oh, oh, my whole life I wanted to play for North Carolina. It's like my whole life I wanted to play in the NBA. And I'm just going to take the way that gets me there the fastest. And, you know, people are getting involved with these kids younger and younger. And I just think as long as, you know, G League Ignite, Overtime Elite, all that stuff is there. Um, we're going to, it, it's going to struggle. Again, I hope I hope NIL um, can do that. And like, if you look at Kentucky's class for next year, for example, there's, yeah. you know, there's four people in the top 10 that are going to go to Kentucky. So hopefully, again, we see some of that next year, but it's definitely a down year for what you mentioned. So on the topic of NIL, Do you think that that plays a big role in the A-10 in general yet? Have you heard anything, any rumors floating around? I know it's not public information, but. 
Yeah, um, I think it does for a handful of the larger teams, like the more conventional teams that you think of that have been to the tournament um, and compete for it every year. So, like, I'm while we're talking, I'm going to VCU basketball's roster because I'm 99% sure if you look at their roster um, next to their name, it has a little link for NIL opportunities where you can, like, go in and contact that player directly. Yeah, so, like, it's – you know, Interesting. Name, school, Twitter, Instagram, and then NIL opportunities. So, like, if I click, pay somebody twenty dollars to be allowed an uninformed athlete. Yeah. So if I click on, <laughs> I click on Ace Baldwin, I can join the VCU Exchange, and I guess I can start throwing money at him to support my. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what a world. Um, so for schools like that, so I'd say all the the Power Five schools and the highest mid majors, yes, G. But for I mean, college basketball has what is it, like 360-something teams? Yeah. But two-thirds of them, NIL is not a factor. Um, but I think for the ones that it is, it's pretty cool, right? Like Tyler Burton has some cameo stuff going on that he can do. I think he might, like, be endorsed by a local meal prep company in Richmond. And then if you go to, like, a high yeah. level, you know, there's a UNC guy named Leaky Black who's sponsored by a plumbing company because it's like, I'll fix your leaks, uh-huh, like okay. that sort of thing. So that was again, that, like the coldest to ever do at Crawford. I exactly. think. Yeah, he was air so It's better than these assistant coaches from big schools getting like thrown in jail for paying them. <laughs> like obviously, it's much better yeah. than that. But I just don't think it's ever going to reach the the magnitude of football because, as you guys know, it, football just dominates this country. You know, no matter which way you slice it. Tyler's Grill is really missing out on being an NIO sponsor <laughs> of Tyler yeah. Burton. Get the General Sos wrap, the Santa Fe, Tyler Burton, could do big cutouts there. Oh, oh man. I ate like, so I ate like right five now. General Sos wraps a week on average. Yeah, don't even think school. about like what the, <laughs> the, the nutrition content of that food we ate. And you could, yeah. by the time we were leaving, you could look it up and it was horrifying. I think the Buffalo yeah. chicken wrap had something like 400% of your daily value of sodium and it was like 1,400 calories. <laughs> When I was in my prime, like going to B2 to study for stuff my senior year, I would get a sausage, egg, and cheese bagel and then put a hash brown in it. <laughs> Looking back on it, like I just ate a bowl of fruit before I got on here. So it's like I've come a long way in terms of what, what I could handle back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, think, I don't think Tyler's was making things as nutritiously as they could either. So I know. I saw a picture of myself senior year of college. And I was like, I ate and drank like shit the entire time, and I looked great. <laughs> now it's like right now, I'm playing, playing pickup six days a week. Now I'm Speaking dieting that, Tyler, and going to the gym, and I'm just I'm nothing. I don't I, I don't know, have anything. I know no one cares, but I just played legitimate pickup for the first time in probably two years, two days ago. Wow. And how to go? They say, great. Well, not great. I shouldn't say. I I, I missed you hit I him with the like, chamois. Yes, I did. I, my handle's not tight enough though, so I kind of lost it on the, on the way back. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, no, I, I shot terribly, but I passed well. And, you know, I was happy about that, but like, I, I was, I thought it was going to be terrible and I was going to be so winded and I was actually really happy about how it went. So where'd you play inside or outside? There's an out or inside. There's a full size court at one of these apartment buildings in Navy Yard where I live. And it's literally just an amenity for the people that live there. So I have a friend that has a friend that lives there. And he's like, yeah, we're playing pickup. Went over. That is so cool. Yeah. It's like, it is the cool, it's one of the cooler amenities I've ever seen at an apartment. Yeah, man. I got to add that to my list of musts for the next place. Today's trivia is sponsored by the Tyler's Chicken Caesar Wrap. Don't look at the sodium contents. But uh, so we're going to do a five round trivia session. It's all college basketball related in honor of the episode today. So we'll do a point system. You'll get a point for 
We'll see, because like the first one has eight answers, and if you can get all eight, I'll give you eight points. We'll run through it. Um, you're going to write down your answers. I'll give you like 30 seconds to figure it out, and then we'll all reveal. Um, we're going with the honor system here, because last time, Jeeb cheated and looked up Google every single time. So I, I was going to do that this time, but I didn't do it last time. <laughs> all right. So Jeeb's keeping first the question. integrity of this podcast together. First question. Who were the original members of the Atlantic 10? which at the time was known as the Eastern Eight. Oh my so I'll God. give you, there was eight members. I'm fucking now. I'll give you a point for everyone you get. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I'll probably have to put in some like Jeopardy music here or something. Yeah, you just cut out this part. Yeah. Wow, this is hard. This is incredibly hard. I have no idea. The original eight schools, the Atlantic 10, known as the Eastern Eight Conference, were UMass, GW, West Virginia, Rutgers, Penn State, Villanova, Pitt, and Duquesne. So how many yes. did you guys get out of that? <laughs> yes. One. Duquesne saved me. I, I got wrote, two. I wrote Rutgers and then deleted it. But I got oh, Pitt no. and Duquesne. Yeah, Pitt and Duquesne? Just and got I got every guys. other Big East team that wasn't included in it. Like I did a bunch of Big East teams. Yeah, the Big East just totally cannibalized the original Atlantic Ten, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really thought the Temple was going to be an answer. That was I have to, I, Temple was the first one I wrote. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So we got G with a one point lead going into the round two. It's good all that right. one of us didn't collect like seven on that. That would have made the rest of this game not very fun. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you just ten seconds for this one. Which current A10 school has won a national title? Get your answers on paper right. Bow. It must have been in like the 40s, right? <laughs> All right. Well, Sal Explorers. Oh, oh man. When? What Under- year was that? What? Tom Gola. Yeah, you're the legend. Tom Gola Arena. <laughs> I'm guessing anyone else, anyone else go UMass? No, oh, UMass that's a good. Yeah, UMass and St. Joe's, I know both had. Yeah, good run. Really good team. St. Joe's. I, been... I didn't even write down either. Tom's going to make us look like idiots. I yeah. said Dayton. I know that wasn't right, but. I wrote Dayton down as well. Oh. Awesome. No. All right. All right. This one I'm also going to give you only like 10 seconds. They should have one. Who is the only basketball program to win games in the NCAA tournament as 12, 13, 14, and 15 seeds? Got it. Got it. Jeeb? I, I'm going to guess the University of Richmond, but I hey! – yeah, There you go. Would have been upsetting if you guys all missed that Come one. on, bro. That's like, the, that's like the tour guide's first message when you get on campus, man. Is it? <laughs> why, no, have you been on, when have, why have you been on a tour since we wanted to <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we all right, Evans, Evans just going back like very excitedly yeah, standing yeah. in the back mouthing the words that the tour guide's saying like as they're saying them um okay first this time one, oh this is my third this week this one um we're just gonna do a trade-off so we're gonna start with Jeeb and it's gonna go Skyler then Aldi and then back to Skyler Actually, we'll do it snake version. So, Aldo, you'll have to name two and then go back. And then once somebody can't name one or says some a wrong answer, they're eliminated. Um, so just a back and forth. And the question is, name schools that have been a number one seed in the March Madness tournament. Love it. Ever. 
ever. And if you also name a someone that somebody else has done, you're eliminated. Okay. So actually, sorry, I just, it's it's from 1979. The list I'm looking at. Okay, so since 1979. Yeah. So fairly modern. Um, Steve, you start. UVA. Good. Duke. Good. Gonzaga. Good. And you have another. Oh, um, Kentucky. Why wouldn't it just go back to G? That does. <laughs> um, well, you're the one who pointed it in that would, direction. Skyler, you'd get a lot more than the others. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. okay. We're so doing we're a snake. Kentucky. <laughs> Ollie just said Kentucky. I'm just going to go again, and then we'll Oh, sorry. I'll go Baylor. Uh, I'm going to say Baylor. <laughs> and, Gene, you got to go again. Oh, I have to go again? I just said Skyler just said Baylor. Oh, I did. I thought I was going next. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Auburn. Okay. Gene, again. I ju- I've, I've gone three times. This will be my third time. <laughs> no, Skyler said Baylor. I said uh, UNC. It's a snake version. UNC. Good. Did, did no one say North Carolina already? Michigan. Though? Michigan. Good. No, wait, 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 wait. Actually, I think that was the surprise one that didn't ever get a. No, oh, Fab no. Five wasn't a one seed? I'm looking. I'm looking. Michigan State has been multiple times. All right, we'll just give away an answer. Well, don't give us one. <laughs> <laughs> Forget I said that. Stop reading through them aloud. <laughs> um, yeah, they have never been the one seed. That no, is- wait, no, they were in 1993. You're right. Fab Five. Sorry. I thought that was one of the ones that was weird. All right. Aldi. Don't mean. Um, and I can't say Michigan State, I guess. <laughs> um, I'll go St. John's. They were. Yes, Amanda. 1985. Amanda. Oh. Don't disrespect my man, Louis Carnesecca. It's a it's a sporkle quiz that I screenshotted, Jeeb, so there's no command out. Oh, no. <laughs> Is it me again? Is it me again? Um, yeah. Houston. Good one. Oh. Skyler. Uh, Indiana. Yep. UCLA. Easy one. Um, Florida. Yes. That was mine. Memphis? Yes. Um, Georgetown? Oh, very nice. And this one I'm worried about, Illinois. Yes, 2005. Skyler. I was just thinking of one, and it has gone away from my memory. So is this including the 79 season? Yes. Indiana State. There you go, Larry Bird. That's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Uh, Texas. Oh, I'm worried about that one. Yeah, no, they definitely were. With KD, right? Yeah, they had to be. Were they with KD? I think they were with KD. What about like Marcus Aldridge? 2003. All right, there we go. Couldn't have been. He'd be so old by now. One more. He's so old, but Kansas. You guys, you guys are missing a blue one. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah, same number as Kansas. Uh, Shit. That was the one I had locked and loaded. A lot of a lot of ones getting taken right before I go. How the game goes. Um is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh let's go. Uh, 
You're clearly Googling them. I <laughs> With what? Um, all right, I need an answer. I need an answer. All right, all right let's go uh, South Carolina. I don't know. Oh, you got a chance there. South Carolina. I don't think again that this isn't the women's tournament where they're really yeah. good. Oh, I thought it was either. I treat both sports equally. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Sure did. There's sure your you controversy. There's your controversy. <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina has never been a one seed since 1979. Skyler's out. All right. Aldi and Chief, it's just going back and forth, one and one. All right. Has no one said Syracuse yet? Ah, fuck. I was about Nobody to say has. Syracuse. Syracuse. Stupid. Um, I am going to go with Wisconsin. That what counts. Uh, Baylor. I said, yeah. Baylor. ooh, Baylor's been said. Then I'm out. Oh, oh, you're out. Actually, actually I think Baylor it. said like seven times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, was, that was, oh, you're right. Wait, yes. Skylar said <laughs> Baylor when G. Oh, my God. No, but that was my fault. That was my fault because I told you. We've all said Baylor at this point. All right. I'll take the end. So, Skylar. Who, getting... Who are the obvious ones we missed? Skylar, you're getting no points. Jeeb, you get three. And Aldi, you get two. Okay. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> What is that point distribution? <laughs> All right, so George, George you get 11 that. points. Uh, that is a great point system. And, and Skyler, you get minus 20. Skyler, I'll give you, I'll give you one. All right, this one. Don't give me a point for the same. <laughs> we're going to do the same point. We're going to do the same style. Last question of trivia. Wait, I'm curious uh, who, who we missed. Did we miss anybody? Oklahoma, mm. UNLV, mm. Yeah. Ohio State. Mm. Uh, I was thinking about that. I didn't trust him. When, like Greg Oden? I said Michigan State, but neither nobody picked it up. Um, Evan Turner Aaron, might have been a one I thought seat. that that counted as it was burned already. Yeah. Uh, UConn, was, nobody said, right? Uh, yeah, UConn. Villanova. Villanova. Yeah, Nova. We said Villanova. Auburn. Xavier. Wichita State. There's so Dex. many good ones. Um, okay. State. I said Auburn. Okay. Um, last round. This one's a five-pointer. Here we go. The question like is. Snitch. Actually, you know what? This one will do the write down a pen and paper, and you'll just see how many you can get um, instead of doing back and forth. But the question is Wait, I've lost Name it. the schools that have both had a number one pick in the NBA and the NFL draft. Number one overall. Number one overall. I'll give you guys a minute. And there's five. There is 12. Oh, okay. Okay. Whoa. There are 12 of them. So just as 12 of them. We'll do whoever gets the most, or, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm just going to write down 12 schools. <laughs> 20 seconds. Wait, I only have five schools. Are you guys ready to go? Yeah, I need to write down a lot more. All right, you got you got 15 seconds. All right, I need to start making guesses. Yeah, me too. All right, I'll give you 25 seconds. Okay, <laughs> I like how it keeps changing. That's good. <laughs> All right, yeah, 45 seconds. <laughs> okay. This is actually really hard. This is a good this question. Is hard. Really good question. This will be on a bar trivia night for sure. I didn't think there would be so many. Some are actually, I won't say it. No, I, I was playing on Sporkle, so I could just guess and it would tell me if I was wrong or right, but I did get 10 of 12. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, but you could just, you could get them wrong. I could spam them. So, I mean, like. I could write I, down I, 50 schools right now. I bet you I, I get 10 out of 12. <laughs> and we're back. So the question was. And this is a five-pointer. So, basically, this is for all the Marlins. <laughs> um, Good trivia, Spencer. Yeah. 
Name the schools that have had both the number one pick in the NBA and NFL draft. Those schools are Notre Dame, UCLA, Ohio State, Utah, oh. Georgia, oh. Washington, LSU, Michigan, Kentucky, North Carolina State, oh. not UNC, North Carolina State, Michigan State, and the last one is Oklahoma. Those That's are the 12. Your boy. I did terribly. All right, what we got? That's what we got? Four. Yeah, four. Dude, who didn't nail Washington right there? Markel Fultz, baby. That had to be him, right? Yeah, but what about football? Yeah, yeah who's the football player? That was, I don't know. Like, um, freaking Washington was Steve Etman. Yeah, 1937. <laughs> um, some of these are great. I had no idea Notre Dame had a basketball number one pick. Or Utah had Andrew Bogan as their NBA player. Oh. Ah, interesting. They get a lot of Australians. Yeah, and then NC State was Mario Williams and David Thompson. Interesting. Those were the two. Who was Georgia? Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Edwards. Yeah. Oh, and Trayvon Walker. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I think Trayvon um, Walker, right? Yeah. Some of these – Kentucky had Tim Couch as their football player. Oh. <laughs> They're pretty good. Um, the only I, two I was yeah. confident in were Georgia and LSU, and then the rest were kind of just – I figured you said. Yeah, is it Ben Simmons and Joe Burrow or like the two obvious ones, right? For LSU. Chat. Right, Shaq. Right, yeah. LSU, Jamarcus Russell, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then who's UCLA? No good job of the hut. Was Troy Aikman the number one overall pick? Did he go to UCLA? Yeah. He did. And Troy Aikman, Bill Walden, and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said UCLA has so many good basketball players. I figured they had to have But the football team historically is terrible. I also. Kind of knew Ohio State when I did this quiz because, like Greg Oden, I remember them. Like it's Ohio yep. State; they have to have a couple number one NFL picks. <laughs> yeah, that's the first one I put. I I put Texas because I know KD, and I figured Same, yeah. he was two. Yeah, yeah, KD was two, right? KD went KD out was two to yeah. Greg Oden. Yeah, oh, he was. Shit. Yeah. All right, that was all that was the trivia. Ridiculous. Aldi has a come from behind victory. Well done, well done, lad. Thank you for coming on today. You really realize the way you structured basketball. it, it was the winner of that contest. <laughs> it was the golden I, I, snitch. It was, if you have a problem with that, take it up with J.K. Rowling. Guys, guys, this is coming from the producers, all right? This isn't me, all right? I'm just talent. I'm yeah. just the talent. <laughs> I'm, <filing laughs> I'm pretty face. All right, any college basketball on tonight? Uh, uh, yeah. the, uh, the ESPN lineup tonight is actually fantastic. Wisconsin, Michigan State, and then UNC, Virginia. Oh, I, okay, yeah. I might watch... Kansas, Oklahoma tonight. Do any of you guys have ESPN Plus? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. So I, I like just like watching random, like random yeah. uh, mid-major matchups that you can get through ESPN Plus. Also, is there something is there something about mid-major basketball that you like more than? I would rather watch like a good mid-major matchup than like a Duke Kentucky or something. Why? Like because you don't know who the guys are and like it, they're like. There's all, every team Why is has that like, better? No, but like, like simulated. No, but did you ever watch Bryant last year when they had Peter Kiss? Yeah, yeah that's like, was dude, hilarious. he was an animal. He would get a fast break layup and then like do this like to the crowd and shit. He was dude. an animal. So like just the characters that you get. In that's those true. You can't do that at Duke. These guys, yeah, these guys are animals. Like it's, and then you'll get like a five 
four point guard that averages 28 points a game and then like a seven six center that can't run around it's great it's like it's just hilarious. <laughs> it, it's, it's so much fun to watch but yes wow we have a we have a good lineup tonight i'm gonna have to caroline's getting kicked off the tv <laughs> <laughs> bachelor's gonna have to wait Dude, when I lived with when I lived with Brack and Mikey and Nebs, they would get so pissed at me because like I watch like I also really like college baseball, so I'd be watching like I'd be watching like Richmond Davidson baseball, and they'd be like, "Evan, get the fuck off our TV." That's funny. But thanks, Evan, for coming on today. This was a lot of fun. We'll hope to have you back, maybe for March Madness time. Who knows? Thank you guys for having me. Would love to come back. Always happy to talk college hoops with anybody who will listen. And uh, appreciate it. Hope everybody hope everybody likes what I had to say. Of course. Future oh, we did. favorite. We Evan did. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bobby. To keep with the theme of uh, college sports, I, there was a pretty big game this past weekend. Um, I think it decided a national title. I want to be the first to congratulate, or maybe the last to congratulate at this point, the South Dakota State team for beating North Dakota State by 20 points, complete blowout. Go Congratulations to FCS champions, Jackrabbits. Um, because there really wasn't another football game, I think, the whole weekend because Monday night was probably one of the least entertaining games I've ever watched. And, Sean, I remember terrible. early in that <laughs> game because it didn't really feel like – TCU was getting outclassed right from the jump. It kind of felt like they were shooting themselves. Um, and then after probably the, I think the fourth drive where they could not get off the field on those multiple times, they got them in third and longs that the game was just over. And at that point they were thoroughly outclassed for every second for the rest of the game, including by their backups at the end. I thought they were getting outclassed from the get go. They were getting pushed off. Georgia was getting all the push on the line. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I didn't think there was a single metric that TCU did better in. Well, it was just early on in the game, Georgia went down. If I'm remembering correctly, it was Georgia went down and scored, and then there was the early TCU fumble, or maybe it was yeah. vice versa. Um, and that's like a shooting yourself in the foot kind of mistake. And then they go down and, and score, and it was 14-17. It's a one-possession game, and they had – chance after chance to get off the field when they were in like a third and 13 and then a third and 12. That score was because of a busted coverage though. And I mean, that is, I guess that's Georgia. That's true. That is definitely true. But that is somewhat of a fluky play. Not that a busted coverage is a fluke, but. I, you know, I I will admit, you man enough. I was just (laughs) like TCU's winning this game. And. They literally, it's like they listened to everything I said and did the exact opposite. I said, safe with the ball. Tons of turnovers in the first quarter, like right off the bat. I said, defense is going to need to come up with some big plays. Like, I didn't say they had to stop Georgia from scoring necessarily, but they needed to force a turnover at some point. Yeah. Probably needed a pick six. Like, momentum. And I said they got to score early, and they did none of that. And I think the most disheartening thing of the game was is – the truth about being an underdog is as long as you believe you can win, I think underdogs have a chance. Yes. You know, but once Georgia, Georgia scored that third touchdown. Yeah. You could see the TCU players didn't believe it anymore. Like, like you, they, that's they, what I'm it was over. Say. 
Yeah. Didn't you see it? It was it was literally like black and white. Like it looked like it was a game, and then all of a sudden, it just was not. Well, that's and, the and you know, I don't know what Sonny Dykes can do in that situation. I know I much. did actually see. Funny enough, the largest comeback in a, a largest comeback in a bowl game was the Alamo Bowl in like 2016 when TCU, TCU played Georgia and TCU yeah. came back. But this is different Georgia. This is a different TCU, and. I don't know. I mean, it's just it was just a miserable game. I really didn't think TCU was a 50 point worst team. But like, yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot, just a a lot game. of conversation yeah. this week about I don't the think the haunted kid... talent gap um, and, and some of us up playing it, some of it down us downplaying it. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that in the uh, in the wake of the result. I mean, it's it's like high schoolers playing against college kids. It's it, well, well, you look at I don't know if it was quite top to bottom. Like even their third and fourth string guys are probably going to be in the NFL someday. Uh, and, and TCU probably, I th- there are probably ten or eleven guys on that roster who will be playing in the NFL. Yeah. So it's it's just not the same thing. And Georgia, like they can that they keep everybody not tired. That, yeah. That's not the best way to say it, but they, they have so much depth. They can just pull and you in. That's why they're able to be so physical. It's, it's just a different animal. Yeah. I think the other truth is, you know, TCU didn't have a month to prepare for this game. Like they did the Michigan game. That is very, um, they had a week and Georgia, you know, I still think Sonny Dykes is a good coach. And I think the TCU coaching staff, like nothing against them. But Georgia's been in this situation before. They've played in the playoffs multiple times. They know what it's yeah. like to get to the national title. That coaching staff knows how to look at film quick and be like, oh, they nobody in the middle. We're just going to yeah. throw it down the seams every time. So a question for you guys. You know, your two dynamic quarterbacks this year in college football were Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But Bryce Young doesn't make the playoffs. And I don't care the people that are like, this is proof Alabama should have been in. TCU got beat so bad. They didn't earn it, all right? They didn't earn to be in the playoffs. And we were all like the four teams they chose were the right teams. Yes. Um, that earned it. And then C.J. Stroud did make the playoffs, played really well. Team still lost. Is there proof in the pudding? Like, you think back in college football past, A.J. McCarron won multiple natties. Like, the game manager quarterback, if you can just recruit everywhere around them and get a smart guy that just doesn't, make mistakes like he's not out there trying to win the game with his style he's like no i'm gonna give everybody else the ball and i'm gonna do it in a very smart quarterbacking way and is that 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 i'm guessing is also a nod to not just cj stroud but also the eventual national championship stetson bennett who by nobody's account is going to be a significant pro quarterback Um, but i would argue that that trend used to be super super true and then recently it hasn't been um, ignoring Georgia last year, kind of that string of very dynamic Alabama quarterbacks with Tua, Jalen Hurts, yep. the, the uh, exciting Mac Young or uh, Mac Young. <laughs> Mac Jones. Uh, well, I wouldn't consider Mac Jones dynamic. I'm just kidding. That was that. maybe Mac Jones was just a game manager, and they're forcing him to be try and be this pro quarterback. My, my question is, what is Joe Burrow like? He's obviously a dynamic gunslinger. Yeah, he's, okay. he's he's more of like a upper echelon of arm talent. Like Stetson Bennett doesn't have arm talent. 
Yeah, he was like an Eric like, <laughs> type almost. Yeah, yeah. Like Stetson Bennett can't throw that deep bomb. He just knows how to hit the short post. <laughs> like, yeah, he does it really well for, to his credit and doesn't make the mistakes, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think there's a trend sometimes where, like Notre Dame, for instance, I'm their fan, and they always try and bring in these quarterbacks that are a little more dynamic. I'm like, what if we just, like, I know Ian Book, but, like, Ian Book was a run-around kind of guy and all that stuff. What if we just got the guy that just managed the game and we got a – because Notre Dame's a great running team, typically, and good tight ends. Just get the really good running tight end play going and get the guy that just dumps it off. And I think the other piece of this is – Iowa fans, though. Yeah, but Iowa doesn't have the, like, talent to be – That's true. To do that. Um, I think the other piece of this is if you have a guy like that whose uh, you know, dynamic qualities doesn't, you know, the lack of dynamic qualities means that the pros isn't knocking. Um, you have a situation where your starting quarterback in a college national championship game is older than I am. And I haven't been in college for many a year. <laughs> so, like, There's also truth to the fact of, yeah, you have a dynamic quarterback. He's also 19 years old. He was at prom last year. He was at prom seven months yeah. ago. And, uh, and versus you're playing a guy who realistically could be in, could have been in the workforce for three years at this point. <laughs> um, so I think to your point, Sean, um, that's a strategy. And, you know, maybe you don't get the top of the top quality people out of high school, but, would you rather have that come national championship time or would you rather have the guy who has been playing at this level for six or seven years at this point? Yeah, no, I mean, and I don't know the easy question. Cause like, it's hard to say no to the shiny <laughs> dynamic. It's the, quarterback. Uh, it's, it's the Duke yeah. versus Villanova thing in basketball. But like, you know? And guess what? Georgia did in the past with Jake Fromm and um, Justin yeah. Fields and it's kind of screwed him there. Like Justin Fields transfers to Ohio state sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's interesting. And then uh, what do you guys think you need to do be a college football dynasty? This is a back-to-back national championship. What do you think is a dynasty? Because I think it's different than the pros. Uh, College is tough because you can't lose, really. Like, there is no margin for error. You can't take a week off. So I think both keeping a team that's coming off of two national championships focused early in the season in non-conference play – yeah, and then also just just you know maintaining that throughout the entire year, and you can't have a you can't really have a lapse. And if you're Georgia, you're uh, next year the 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 schedule is pretty easy based on what they were talking about on TV yesterday. I haven't looked at it, um, but if that means they don't have to play Bama and they don't have to play you know LSU or some of these other top tier SEC schools, it might make it easier. But in the past, most of those teams have had to, and that's always been kind of a where they where they trip up. Jeep, what's a dynasty to you? Is Georgia uh, a dynasty? I think that they, if they're not yet, I think they will be inevitably. I mean, they've made the playoffs. Like even before this, these last two years, they were in the playoff conversation, national championship. They were in a national title a couple of years ago. Yeah, they were very close to beating Bama uh, in that two a game. So I do think. Well, let, let's really quickly let's run through this century. Of dynasties, so you have Alabama. Really obviously. quickly, let's go back a hundred years. No, 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 no. Just, <laughs> since, just since two thousand. Oh, okay, like this, sorry, this century, sorry. Twenty-first century. <laughs> yeah, Alabama is obviously one. I, Georgia is one. 
even if you don't think they are one, I think that they will be. Uh, like you Clemson soon. Clemson I don't is think they are yet. How many did Clemson win? Two, but they yeah. were in the hunt for like four or five. No more See, than that. My my thing, my thing with the dynasty in college football, a back to back to me doesn't necessarily mean you're a dynasty. So Florida wouldn't had, be one. No, because you just had really good recruiting classes for a couple years. A dynasty to me is a team that wins more than two national titles, so three is the minimum for me, over a span of like five to seven years with different quarterbacks. Like so you different want to see accomplished that? Alabama. Alabama is the only dynasty for me in the 21st century. Not even Miami, because Miami, they were too separate and everything like that. Like They were talking about that on the Cover 3 podcast. Well, no. They're smart me. people. They are smart people. <laughs> Not I, I just – I just don't think – like, college, because, like, you could just have a really good recruiting class for two or three years and then do nothing for a while. Like, Florida, LSU. Urban Meyer, LSU, all the time. Like, yeah. LSU isn't a, isn't a dynasty to me. They're just a top echelon program in college football. Yeah. You know? There's definitely, like, when we're talking about dynasties, like, with your definition, there are very, 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 very few dynasties that have ever existed. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think in my mind, when I think dynasty, I think about a team that's been like when you talk about a program within that kind of chunk of time, you go like, yeah, that they were the top of the top. They got it done a lot. Like for me, I think if you win two, like with the kind of sustained success that Clemson did when we knew that it was going to be Clemson, Alabama in the final every year, Mm -hmm. nothing else mattered. Um, to me, it's hard to like not call that a dynasty because for me, like dynasty evokes some sort of like inevitability about them. Like at the beginning of the year, I just, year yeah, like, the, that's the, the thing too. Clemson and Alabama stole championships from each other because they happened at the yeah. same, like they they were. I would argue at their both at their peak. Kind of, I, I don't really know when Bama's Clemson's peak, peak for sure. Clemson's <laughs> peak, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and I that's the thing. I think dynasty should be exclusive. It should be like the Hall of Fame. For players, where it should be an ex- super exclusive thing to get the into. The Hall not like that. No, the NFL one is not the co- not basketball though. The NFL is actually super hard to get into. Um, but like, it has to be this really exclusive thing, and that's why I think Alabama's the only one right now. Georgia, if they win another, especially because Bennett's gone now, and they flip their defense now for a third time in terms of personnel, like I think they'll get it too. One more thing on college football. Just fun. Who are your 12 playoff teams next year? Expansion of the playoffs. Um, I want to hear them. So do you want me guys just to list mine first? Please. Okay. So I have, and this is not, I'm not ranking them one through 12. This is just the 12 teams that I think have a chance. I've kind of checked schedules for some of them. I really just thought who I think would be the four, and then we'll see who runs the rest. Georgia is going to get back in. Michigan and Ohio State. I think they're both in, in some form or manner. Notre Dame, which might have the hardest schedule in all of college football next year, but they picked up Sam Hartman, transfer, best quarterback transfer in the nation. It's now a Notre Dame fighting Irish. So, And because you get a hard schedule, that means you get leeway. So I think that if they win one or two of the big games and then lose the third, they get leeway and they get in. They play Ohio State and USC next year. Um Kansas State, I think, will win the Big 12, so they'll be in. Mm-hmm. USC, out of the pack. 
I think Penn State gets the third Big Ten nod. I think Big Ten will get three teams. Tennessee, I think, will get some glory and get in. Um, Clemson, because the ACC stinks. I think Florida State will have a resurgence, and Florida State will be in the playoff next year. Houston, as my smaller school, I think they'll win the AAC and get a get a nod. And then I think Texas gets in as another Big 12 school. Um because they have so much freaking talent. They got to be at least be a top 12 team in the country. <laughs> but all right, those are my 12. Do we have a lot of similarities? Do you guys think I'm an idiot? What, what do you? I I agreed with you uh on a few of them. Uh, my mine was pretty basic. Um I had Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. I said Utah for my Pac. I think they're going to win the Pac-12 and and be like the, the fourth, fifth seed. Probably a couple losses. I, I more want to see that happen. I think USC will also get in. Um, I also think Michigan's getting in. I think Alabama and Tennessee are getting in. Um, Tulane was my group of five school. Um, I, I think they can. T- their, their quarterbacks coming back. I think they ride the momentum. I think, and I'm putting too many Pac-12 teams in there. Just they're not. It's not a good conference, but. Um, <laughs> I put Oregon in there. I also put Florida State in there. Um, I'm going completely out of order, so I don't even know what I've said already. But Oklahoma was my Big 12 team. I think the Big 12 is so even top to bottom, it kind of cannibalizes itself. And I think they're only going to get one team in, and I think it's either going to be Oklahoma or Texas. Uh, But Kansas State looked really good, too, and they're young. I don't think a lot of guys are leaving, so I think Kansas State could definitely be in the running. But I didn't want to say Texas uh, because I think everybody, I wanted to be different. So Oklahoma, it is. I thought about Notre Dame, and I was so close to putting them in. And then I looked at their schedule, and you're right, they do have. A, I'm just going to run through their schedule real quickly. Navy, that's never a fun game. First game they of the beat year. them every year, though. Not this year. They play. They play oh, them well, every they, single they year. They almost lost this year. They um, play them every year, so that's an easy win for Notre Dame. Okay, in Dublin, Ireland, <laughs> week one, we'll see how that Yeah, goes. it's in Ireland. They have all offseason to prepare for the triple option. Come on, that's not a tough game. All right, Tennessee State <laughs> win Central Michigan win Ohio State. I don't I don't think they win that one. USC, Ohio State's on a new quarterback. Yeah, so. and I still think he's going to be good. Um, USC, I think that's a toss-up. I'd lean towards USC. Wake Forest, I without Sam Hartman, I, I don't think that's it. Clemson at Clemson, I don't think they win that. Stanford is always no, they're they're going to win that one. At Duke is a low key kind of a trap game, uh, and then at Louisville back to back, that's not easy. I think they could lose one or two of those, and then at NC State, so that's back to back to back, that's not easy, and then Pitt. Like that's not an easy schedule. I think they lose three games, and I don't think that's enough to get them in. That's non-conference life, buddy. Tough schedules. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I I think you're right, Jeep. It's really hard, and they slip up in more than any of the non-big games, and they're done. Yeah, uh, I, I um, think. and they got to win at least one of the big games too. Yep. All right, Scooby Doo, what you got? 
Yeah, so I have basically the same thing you guys have. Nothing too crazy here. I have Georgia, obviously. Ohio State, I think, is going to be really good next year. The projected starter is Marvin Harrison's Jr.'s high school quarterback. Kyle McCord. Uh, Kyle McCord. So so I really, yeah, I think that that I, I think that that'll be seamless. Um, and the receiving core is always so good. I mean, they'll be set up as well as anybody. That's never going to be the problem for them. Um, I got Michigan in there too. Michigan's going to be really good again. I think USC is going to be one like USC was one win away this year from being in the playoff um, and kind of fumbled it away. And that was in their first year of being like a Lincoln Riley team. So I imagine that they'll only get better. Um, So I think they're going to be really good. They could, they could end up being like those Oklahoma teams that were a three seed every year um, and then got blown out because their defense sucked. Uh, So then I also have Bama, Tennessee and LSU rounding out my sec Jaden daniels is back did any of you guys have lsu i thought about oh. it. i was very very close but i don't I even have bama wow that's ridiculous <laughs> and well, you know what? bama's not making it you know what i'll be honest with you guys i forgot about it i forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> but i'm gonna stick I- to it my one, uh, my one Big Twelve team is Texas. I think, uh, I think not overthinking that pick. I think Quinn Ewers is going to be fantastic next year. Um, I take the you talent. Think the quarterback controversy. I think it'll be Quinn Ewers pretty easily. I don't think Arch Manning's going to going to do anything. But um, I think him being there is a great thing because I think then if Quinn Ewers doesn't play well early, it really puts the pressure on for him. You know, I think yeah. it puts pressure on him anyways. Well, uh, so I think that's good. It's probably good for him. Um, my one ACC school is Florida State. Every like way too early twenty five I've seen has them at like four overall. Um, which, which yeah. So after after they're back, yeah. And then I, I too agree on the third Big Ten or uh yeah Big Ten team in here. Uh, but for me it's gonna be Fickles Washington or Fickles Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, that's not a bad pick if they're gonna no, come out the west. And and I think something funky is happening with the 12 teams that'll have some interesting teams in there at the bottom just because of their schedules. And it might be less conventional than we would think in like the traditional top 12. Um, so my last two, I have two group of five teams making it in. JMU. No, JMU I was never about that. down though and didn't put them in. Um <laughs> I have Tulane, which I think somebody else. I think both of you guys had them in, right? No, yeah, I had Houston as my group of five. Oh, Houston. Yeah, so I had uh, I had Tulane, um, and then I have UT San Antonio. Whoa. Yeah, that's Are a lot. Running a bunch. Uh, the research I did for this was look up a bunch of people's way too early, and they were <laughs> in there consistently. Yeah, he's got he's got a good gut feel. <laughs> Well, so my theory is I think that the incentive to beat out on other kind of on lesser competition within your group of five conference has never been higher because you could you could squeak into the top 12 uh, with with a one loss record without really playing anybody terribly good. So I I think that that that's going to be the mindset going in and that there's going to be some teams that get that, um, which would be really cool to see. Can we do a dark horse? Oh, we each do like a, an aggressive dark horse. Mine would have been Jamie. Jamie is a good one. Um, my dark horse is going to be Alabama. That's not okay. <laughs> Mine is Texas A&M. Ah. They're, that's not even that much of a dark horse. Are you kidding right, me? Right, they I'll have the number one recruiting class for two years. 
Well, but they were five and seven this year. They were awful. Oh my and they, God. they had so many. Okay. I, I <laughs> Mine is going to be Illinois. Mm. Okay. That's the fun. one that I've seen a lot is, uh, did somebody put that? Did somebody say Washington? No, but that they, um, what's his name is back. Phoenix. Michael. Yeah, Phoenix. Pe- <laughs> I don't think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, mm-hmm. that's how I do it. <laughs> All right, all right. That was some good college football talk. We'll do a little off-season chat here and there, but um, I think it's time to transition into the NFL playoff picture. So what do you guys think of the brackets right now? I think we could just do a, you know, a quick, who do you guys think is your winner and who would be your team to surprise people? Can we not even take one second to mourn the sad death of the season for two two of the teams of these these? I was just being nice to you guys because my team locked up the one seed like we were like we were supposed to. Just a moment. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I'm the, the Giants backups. Oh, and and you guys will be happy to know we also locked up a number 10 pick in the draft. Oh, thank God. That's good. I really wanted the Eagles to get a top 10 pick. Enough talent. Um, yeah, tough, tough weekend for the pod in terms of fandoms. Um, Both had a shot going into the week, too. That's the sad part. If it had already been with a win, terrible. I honestly, I'm okay with it. Like the Titans do not have the roster to beat a legitimate team. Although we would have gotten the, uh, we could have possibly gotten the Chargers at home, which I think we could have won. But we didn't have a legitimate chance to win the AFC Championship game, which is the goal. That's true. So. I am okay with getting the 11th pick. I was in the same spot. Like a lot of what the kind of Patriots boards that I subscribe to were all like, you know, there, there is no reason to just try to keep this vegetable alive. It's time to pull the plug. Like this season's over. Start, start gearing up for the next one. I wanted um, to win, but. Cause you never know, but. Yeah. Um, but Sean, to your point, I can answer your question. I think I, I, I love the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. They're so much fun to watch. I think that the Bills and the Chiefs have better betting odds and probably for good reason. Um, they're just more complete football teams. But, but the Bengals have been there before. There's something about there's something about the <laughs> it's like the Brady thing, right? Like yeah. if you look at Brady for all like for any of his physical skills or whatever. But when the lights are the brightest, he always performs his best. And Joe Burrow has that gene in him. Not that Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily because he's been fine. Um, but Joe Burrow's just been a winner at every level. And that's kind of the mark. So I think if he does it again, it would really be miraculous. But I would love to see that happen again. So mm-hmm. they're going to be my favorite. Um, Dark Horse, the Chargers have an unbelievable roster. Their coaching is terrible. So I don't think it's going to happen. But if for some miracle they can string it all together, that would be an interesting dark horse. Um, I think the Chargers Jags game will sneakily be one of the most most exciting to watch this weekend. Yeah, um, mine's boring, probably for you guys, but I'm obviously going with the birds as the favorite here. I think we're oh, yeah. getting healthy at the right time. That bye week is much needed, though, um, and of course, being the one seed, we'll probably. I think the Giants are going to win their game against the Vikings. And I think we'll see them for a third time, and we will beat them a third time. Um, they're a nice draw if we get them in the second round. Yeah. Um, and then we'd have to beat the Niners, probably, would be my guess. The whole but, NFC is a nice draw. Yeah, the NFC. Yeah. Um, out, of the, out of the AFC, 
I'm going to go with the with the Chiefs. I just think they're an unstoppable force right now. I'd love to see an Andy Reid versus Eagles Super Bowl. That'd be fun. Yeah, um, but my but my um my dark horse, which maybe it's there are division winners, and maybe it's not super dark horse. But I like the Jags to make some noise in this playoffs. I think the Chargers are terrible. I think they're. I know Skyler said they got all the talent and stuff. Herbert's not a good quarterback, and I will die by that hill. Wow. And the coaching's not good, to your point. I think sneaking into the playoffs is going to be an ultimately oh, a downfall. You stand on this, uh, on this not good. Does that mean a not downfall? I don't think Herbert – I think Herbert is the most overrated player in the NFL. Okay, but does that mean that everyone says he's the third-best quarterback and he's the sixth-best quarterback, or are you saying he's a below-average NFL quarterback? I think he's going to have a career kind of like Carson Wentz after a couple years. Interesting. I love that take. He's going to get passed around a bit. Yeah. People, like the analyst people, love him. But I'm sorry. I Yeah. Um, But we'll do that for another day. Um, (laughs) Because I think this is already going to run really long. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This um, is a three-hour episode. But I, I like the Jags to make some noise. It'd be interesting to see who they would play in the second round if they beat the Chargers. Um. But, you know, Dougie P, he likes to play do trick plays, and, you know, that can sometimes win you games. <laughs> Jeeber, what do you got? Um, I I don't know. I, I, I really like the Niners roster. I don't know if Mr. Irrelevant is the guy to do it yet, although he's been playing really well. So I'm going to go with the Niners, but I deep down I think the Eagles are going to win the NFC. Um, in the AFC, it's really Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals. You kind of, I, I want to see the, I, I really like Josh Allen. Um, so I, I guess I'm going to root for the Bills. Um, but it wouldn't, the, the Bengals look so good. And even in the, the Monday night game between the Bills and the Bengals, before it was canceled, unfortunately, the Bengals were moving the ball with like relative ease. And that was a pretty must win game for both sides. So what I would that, say to that though is it was only like two drives for each team. Like, yeah, I know. Really <laughs> I know. And it, it was it was early in the game, but the Bengals looked like they were going to be up 14-3. That's that's not a good way of of measuring it. But my dark horse would be just because of the roster, I think the cow no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm gonna say <laughs> the Ravens. Um and oh. I don't know. For, I do not want to see the Ravens do well. But <laughs> You're jinxing them. You're jinxing <laughs> I know. What, the whatever I don't want to see happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, but I think Lamar is really good. I'll take. He's playing, I think. Yeah, he'll be playing. He's been holding out for the regular season because he doesn't want to – they haven't paid him. They're screwing around on his contract. Yeah. But I think he wants Get to win playoff games. And I think that if he does win playoff games, that will probably get him the guaranteed money that he wants. I think yeah. he knows that. So I, I um, the Ravens are my dark horse pick. It's a good one. I like that. I like that. Um, I think this might be a good point to wrap up this episode, guys. I think I think I, we've I, had a I lot of good discussion good. too. Um, but yeah, no, this is fun. I think we'll do a deeper dive into the NFL playoffs next week. You know, after all the like teams that didn't get one seeds play out, and then we see what the actual picture looks like. This is basic. This is basically like week 19. Like, this doesn't really matter too yeah. much. Yeah, teams that have a chance aren't playing this week, so. Yeah, exactly. So, it'll be cool. Um, but as always, guys, love chatting. 
It's fun to have Aldi on. Um, hopefully the listeners enjoy the little college basketball talk because I think we'll dive into that a little more as soon as it goes. All right. Bye. Well, you thank you, listeners. Thank you, Russell. Sorry about the Cowboys. You wouldn't want me to report. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>